With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. What up, folks? You heard it. Sharp Money. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Patrick Maher today, and we have a loaded show on tap. Chad Brown's going to be with us, ESPN Radio out of Denver at the bottom of the hour. Colorado seems like a very popular and happening spot as of this point right now. So we got a lot to get to over there in the Rocky Mountains. Mike Palm is going to be with us as well in the next hour. Not only are we going to talk contests because Dustin's got a sweet new hat that he can show off. Really good color, by the way. It's a very solid color. Uh, but I'm going to try to work Mike Palm for a free dinner that I owe somebody. We'll get to that in the 4 p.m. Eastern hour. Jesse Newell, Kansas City Star, Chiefs Beat Reporter, will get the latest on Travis Kelsey. And then Nicolotti's going to be with us, excuse me, Aliotti, uh, Pac-12 Network Analyst, former Oregon D.C., as we get to what's going to happen with Oregon. With that, I have spent all morning writing the NBA betting guide, so I assume we're opening up with the association. You guys will do me that courtesy. <laughs> I did a really, like, really good breakdown of Los Angeles Clippers right before we got here, 850 words. Are you down with it? I am as long as it's got Junior Bridgman, and we can talk about a couple of the other guys from the 80s Clippers. By the way, Junior Bridgman owns more franchises than anybody that played in the NBA. I'll give you World Be Free. Lloyd Free? Absolutely. Yeah, there we go. I mean, you could just drop that on December 25th because that's when the NBA season actually begins. I thought uh, it started April 15th. Untrue. <laughs> untrue. Uh, I, I don't appreciate that. You guys are laughing at me. That is something that I do for a living. Please do not uh, lessen that. No, we will begin, of course, with the, uh, the National Football League and – the overreaction that the market had yesterday. So Travis Kelsey, of course, the story as to whether or not he is going to play the star tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. The market kind of freaked out after the news came out, got to as low as four in multiple spots. We're starting to see that come back now. Lots of faraway places have fives, four and a half, litter the board. No fours are left. Of all this we spoke about yesterday is the buy point when you get low enough here. And I think we actually did It kind of hit on four. Like if it gets to four, not the super key number, but you wouldn't expect it to get underneath that. If you're getting there, then you should probably buy back in on Kansas City because when you get to four, you're saying that a tight end, even a good one as much as, as, as awesome as Travis Kelsey is, you're saying a tight end is worth two and a half points to the spread. That's pretty extreme, even given the unknown situation of the depth of the wide receiver room for Kansas City. I would agree with you in the notion that it's not necessarily worth two and a half points. However, at the same time, I think sometimes because the way the scoring system in football works with three and six points, it's technically hard to quantify how much of a loss a player like Kelsey is. He could theoretically be worth three points in the red zone because you end up kicking a field goal. You have a comfort level with having Butker, who's such a great kicker. And to me, I don't know where you come out, whether you think Kittle's the best or you think Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in football. They're both future Hall of Famers in my estimation. He just gives Mahomes a comfort level and their play calling. One of my favorite things that they run is that kind of like that fake handoff inside, maybe throw an underhanded pass to Kelsey. Looks like he's barely left the line of scrimmage. Sidearm. Sidearm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they run so many great plays with him inside the red zone, and he is such a tough cover. I, I can appreciate what you're saying. I tend to agree with you on the four. I would be looking at the Chiefs here. I think the numbers come down too far with Chris Jones and uh, Kelsey expected to be out. But for me, I think when you sit there and say Detroit right now, are they a four-point dog on the road at Kansas City? Boy, that seems a little short. Right, because here's the thing. So as you know, when I was doing my work at the offseason and all the modeling stuff that we kind of hit on yesterday, and you could talk to anybody about this, we know that the general home field advantage has come down. And I had it to about like 1.8 points and what it was worth uh, when I was doing my work in the offseason leading up to what is now the start of the season tomorrow. So let's just round that up to two. When you get down to four, 
You're telling me that there's only a two-point difference between the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs on a neutral field. I just I can't get my head around that. I, I would agree with you completely. I love that point you just made. And one other thing I would add to it. In my estimation, the Kansas City Chiefs have the greatest home field advantage in the National Football League. Sure. And, and not, look, in college, the discrepancies of home field very different, yep. like very much so. Uh, in NFL, it gets a lot tighter. But if there was a spectrum, Kansas City would be on the, the front end or the high end of that. There's no question about it. I, and I thought you brought up another great point, which is are the Chiefs a two-point neutral site favorite over the Detroit Lions? No, what are you, what are you laughing at over there? <laughs> he just missed. He, you go. You brought up a great point. He goes. That's all I do under his breath. You know what's funny? I didn't hear him say that, but I heard him mumble something. I didn't. I didn't catch it. It's the whole point. Yeah. The audience gets it. The audience gets it. By the way, excuse me if I don't look at you the entire time. I slept on my neck wrong, so like when I turn to look at you, uh, it's it's just really stiff. You know, I'm getting old. Yeah, tell Tom. How old are you? Like 32? No, 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 no. So I have major neck for same thing. My neck's always because I I lay in bed and look at TikTok with my head like up like this. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, me, it's just, you know, the nights when you get those hardcore sleeps where you're just out. out. So I just, I fell asleep. Good wrong. for That's you. It was. Yeah. It's a humble brag. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it was a solid four hours. So <laughs> what? What do you mean? Solid four hours. It's what you do when you got to grind, my friend. Uh, it can never be too early to get ready for the NBA. That's it. That's right. <laughs> well, when you're paid to do it, I would say there's never too early. So that's. By all. the way, are you watching FIBA? Yes. I, I saw. Oh, buddy, don't Germany, get me Germany started. Germany eked out a win over Latvia last so night. We get I, I know Goulet's going to be ticked that we just mentioned this, that all three people care. Oh, I'll go even farther. Germany, USA. I've got uh, USA to be eliminated in the semifinals at 6-1. to one, So I hope, hopefully they can lose to Germany. You can work your way off of that because you got 6-1 to one there. You can play around with it. Uh, I bet Canada plus 450, and then the market freaked out during the warm-up games, went to 9-1, to one, doubled up. So I've got two tickets on Canada to win this thing. They're in the semifinals as well. I had a big win today. So don't get me started on FIBA. I'm in. Wake up at 1 o'clock in the morning to watch these things. Let's go. Well, Dustin, what are you shaking your head for? I'm fired up about this. That's what you want, passion. Yeah, but not about basketball <laughs> in September. Yeah, but here's the thing. If you have passion in life, you can convince more people to come to your side of the aisle. And the bottom line Tweet is right us, now. Tweet us, at Live, no, no, at please don't, please don't. Adam Alshaw no, 1. Let us know, did that discussion make you care more about no, basketball it, it week not. one of it the did, NFL? It did not. No, oh, we're just talking about it for a nanosecond. Calm down there, John And also, I, I would argue, thank you, uh, good shot. Um, <laughs> I would argue sports bettors are freaks, right? Yes. So here's the thing. Not only is it just something, another thing to bet on, you get to watch it at 4 o'clock in the morning what? where nothing else is going you, there's on. There's nothing you get to do at 4 o'clock in the Hold morning. Hold on a second. What did I say to you yesterday when I came in? You said you had a great bet on a FIBA game. Yes. USA was laying 16.5 against Italy, and they won by 30-something. Coming off of a loss, right? Exactly. It was a great spot for them. You don't think that's a better bet that the Chiefs aren't beating the D Detroit Lions by 38 points? But you didn't say it on the air yesterday, so our listeners didn't get that info, so they didn't win the bet. Ooh, double P, pass posting. There we go. <laughs> so well, Why not? Everybody on social media does it. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are up like 75 units coming yeah, into yeah. the NFL season. And that's only in like the last <laughs> six weeks. Yes, that's very true. They're just grinding away on the uh, so, okay. on FIBA World Cup. Okay, mister, you want to talk about this Lions game. Who do you like in this game? It's a great question. Going to see if that line moves anymore. I think I might be jumping in on the Chiefs. So you think you haven't, and you haven't told anybody anything that's of value at this point in time? No, because I'm the producer and you're the host. You're the one who has to come hey, with things you have to say. I don't I disagree will, with you. I will come with this. I laid four and a half with Kansas City. <laughs> so how about that? I, I think that all indica indications are Kelsey's going to play. Even if he doesn't, I think that Ooh, they I are. I don't think he's going to play. Hold on. I, I don't either. But hold on. I got a quick question since you mentioned the four and a half. Yes. I get in this argument with a friend of mine who I really respect. You know my buddy Andy. Yeah. You and I talk about this all the time. He is a big advocate at four and a half of buying down to four. I am not a fan of it. Where do you guys stand on that? I think my, my math may be wrong on this, but I do find that like two and four pop up more in recent years because of teams going for, for two, two and then yes, having, yes. and then teams going for it on fourth down and then miss, you know, like yeah, all, absolutely. all these risk takes end up with changing the math of our key numbers, I think. What, what's, your, what's your thought process on that? I don't think we would have a large enough sample size for me to actively go buy off of four yet, or four and a half, excuse me. Uh, the congressman, Jonathan Von Tobel, has said. Uh, you know what I like to I do, I actually though? agree with you, though. Right, well, that's, I, I, I mean, know, yeah. I know that. <laughs> yeah, but, like, have you ever lost, when, when you lose a bet, when you don't buy the hook, like, it is one of the most, like, soul-crushing feelings in the world. I don't, you know, there's a couple of games I can remember very vividly. One was 
Oklahoma State, Texas A&M line was three. Mm -hmm. I took A&M on the road money line. They lost 38-35, and I didn't take the three. But I loved A&M in that spot. Sure. I wasn't as upset as other people would be. I just thought, hey, you know what? It was a play I probably should have made with the plus three, but I thought they were going to win the game. My argument in those— No, I mean in the four, with four, though, with four, but four same, same comparable situation, though, is what yeah. I'm saying. So I, I don't know. It depends so, where you come out on that. I would say, because I wanted to look this up, and th this study stopped at 2020. So I, like we, we have two seasons uh, of data that haven't been accounted here for. Uh, but if you go back up to 2020, the, the point margin that increased the most after the extra point rule and everything like that were five-point games. Yeah. So in the, the three to five. Yeah. So, it, yeah. so, you know, when we're talking about this buying off of it, that's why, again, I think you want a larger sample size to really start to, again, because what are we talking about? You're laying, what, about how much is buying off a half point again? D it depends but, on the number. Yeah. If but, it goes from four and a half to four, you're looking at potentially 130. Yep. If you go from four to plus four and a half, then you're looking at minus 120. But, but since that study, you know, since those stats stopped being accumulated, all that's happened is people go for it more now. So I'm very curious to see what the updated. It could still be off. It still could not be true. I, look, oh, you looked at me like you had something to say. No, I didn't actually. <laughs> you looked at me like I'm going to school this kid right now. I was now. just thinking how hot it is in here. I'm sweating. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I might undo another button. I'm not going to lie, actually. I'm a little nervous wearing white today. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it tight like this. It also makes the delts look a little bit better than they really do. But, yeah, I'm going to kind of keep it tight here a little bit today. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway. Latvia. We've got to talk oh, what about What a it. mess of a segment. <laughs> what are you talking about? We've hit on the National Football League. We've hit on FIBA World Cup. We've hit on betting strategies when it comes to buying off of points. Yeah. I would argue that this was a phenomenal first 10 minutes. Look, I'm the only Latvian at this table, and I don't care about that game. <laughs> I Actually, they're not even in it anymore, so I just want yeah, to throw exactly. that out there. Uh, all right. So, actually, are they? I have to double check. I don't they even lost. know when I've watching this. All right. So, with that, the update is the bone bruise. We should note that is the official injury for Kelsey. It's a, like they have noted it's a bone bruise. Dustin doesn't think he's going to play. I think they, there's an argument he's going to. What's up? No, I was going to say, I don't think you play him. You've got Why? additional three days off. You've got 16 more games after this. The Lions are a non-conference game, so even if you suffer a loss, you have Jacksonville coming up. And the reason why the Jacksonville game is important, which is on the road, it could come down to down later in the season, head-to-head matchup for uh, seeding purposes. I know we don't look at it much in the National yeah. Football League, but non-conference games, actually, those losses are not as detrimental. I would say I would agree with you, but if you're a team like Kansas City who's going to be in the running for a one seed, I would think that every game counts. That's a fair argument. And especially in a small sample size season like 17 games. But all right, we'll take our break here. We have plenty of FIBA World Cup breakdown to come to you a little bit later in the show. I think we're going to spend about like 20 minutes on it or so. Uh, but we have a lot left to get to, including we haven't heard from Matt Nagy. We've got to talk about that because Patrick Mahomes does have a history of balling out in these week one games. And we still have an update on what's going to happen along the defensive line for Chris Jones. Don't go anywhere. It is Sharp Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. 
tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Best Thursday of the year is coming up, folks, and it's all about NFL opening night. Football's back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is hooking new customers up with a can't-miss offer to celebrate. Place your first $5 NFL bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Don't wait till kickoff to get in on the hype. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code SHARP. New customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5. It's code SHARP only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. We do have breaking news in the National Football League. Two bits of news really quickly. The first of which is Travis Kelsey officially listed as questionable. So a chance that he could still play. I don't think anybody's really surprised by that in terms of the listing of questionable. Even if the Chiefs don't think he's going to play, gamesmanship to list him as questionable. Write them all in and put them out there. The second bit of news is a little bit more impactful. Sources, according to Adam Schefter, Nick Bosa has agreed to a five-year, $170 million extension with the San Francisco 49ers. That includes $122.5 million guaranteed by a wide margin. It will make him the highest-paid defensive player in the history of the National Football League. Obviously, questions about the availability of Nick Bosa and what that was going to mean for them. The holdout's over. He gets five, 170, 122 guaranteed. $34 million per year. Not a bad job if you can get it. Yep. Well, and it speaks to, again, this was part of what we're talking about with Jones, and I wonder what this is going to mean for him, um, right, when you're talking about two premier defensive linemen holding out at the same time and looking at it, um, what it's going to mean for a guy like Jones and what it means for his holdout, or if we're even close. Maybe that means something there, too, for Kansas City. But either way, um, when you're looking at it from that perspective, not the market getting set, but uh, when you're looking at it, it is at least impactful from that note. And the San Francisco 49ers get their best, arguably, actually, no, their best player on the field. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, there's, they got so much talent. I can argue for different guys, but you're right. Nick Bosa is probably their best player. Chris Jones is three years older. He just turned 29. Nick Bosa is going to turn 26 in October. I expect Jones to get a comparable type of deal. If you're him, you're excited about this because you know you're looking at probably in the range of a five-year deal that's going to be a minimum of 150, probably something closer to 160 to 165. Yes. And I would assume... Chris Jones is okay if they say, hey, we're coming at 160, we're going to give you 32 million per or what have you. I don't know if he's looking necessarily to be the highest paid guy, but I think he's got a good jumping off point. And we should know too, uh, different positions, right? Defensive end as opposed to defensive tackle. Tackle, Uh, I think, you know, they're not interchangeable, but they are different, but still gives you an idea maybe uh, of what Jones might be looking for. I don't know if he'll hit the guaranteed money because defensive end is slightly more impactful, but defensive tackles can be there as well. All right, with that, an update two in the number for those who weren't with us earlier. That number was a four and a half across the board, five in a lot of faraway places, so I'm sure we'll get back up to that point. With that, I wanted to hit on something. We mentioned Denver, and I mentioned the uh, the money splits for the game for Nebraska and Colorado and all. I know people like to read into something like this, so we'll see if this is actually going to be uh, somewhat uh, impactful or, or notable. So this morning, late last night, I was looking at the splits and the number for Colorado and Nebraska. Late last night, earlier today, we're sitting at three and a half pretty much everywhere. We noted it. We talked about it yesterday. We're sitting at three and a half. We are back down to three for Colorado across the board with a heavy percentage of support, we'll say, on the side of Colorado. I know a lot of people like to read into that, uh, but when you look at it from that perspective, I am going to be fascinated to see if we can get underneath this two and a half mark for Colorado and where it's going to go. Well, to me, it, it, to me, I look at a couple of factors involved. Obviously, a lot of affinity for the Buffalo simply based on the performance we saw against TCU. Nebraska's ineptitude on offense against Minnesota. One other thing I think that's crucial when you look at playing the Buffaloes guys that comes into play is the altitude. When you play in Colorado, in Folsom, it, in that second half, it starts to wear on you. If you've never had the opportunity to run at an altitude, in altitude or in a place that's high up, 
it really becomes a challenge in the second half of football games. Well, let's ask our next guest about this. Chad Brown's with us. You can follow him on Twitter, Chad Brown 94 uh, He's going to be on the call uh, for this game as well, so he'll see this up close. Chad, we appreciate some time. Uh, let's just start with an overview of this uh, out in Denver, like in Colorado in general. What is the excitement level for Dion, the bus, and especially after pulling off an upset after a tw being a 20-and-a-half-point underdog? The excitement level is, is off the chain. I mean, literally, it is just bananas out here. The doubt, uh, maybe not doubt's not the right word, but the uh, needing to see what was going to happen, I think was strong amongst you know, folks who were majorly involved in football. The public was obviously very into what Coach Prime brought to CU, so much passion, so much attention, so much possibility. But me as a you know, longtime football guy, I've never heard of a roster turnover like that. I've never heard of 88 new guys on one team in one offseason. How do you bring all those guys together? How do you make sure that everyone's on the same page? How do you install new coaches, new players? A lot of new players just since fall camp started. How do you do all that? Well, the results showed on Saturday. They did it exceptionally well. You know, Shador Sanders passed over 500 yards. That's a school record. Uh, they were flying around on both sides of the ball. They played with passion. They played with energy. They played with tempo. They played with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, they exceeded my expectations and I think from a general public perspective, they also exceeded those expectations as well. Chad, you mentioned, like, you don't know. And I think it's pretty fascinating because we can use Texas State as an example as well, right? They have the second most transfers. They overhauled their entire roster, too. And then they go pull a 20-point upset as well. They were 24-and-a-half-point underdogs against Baylor. They went outright. So Colorado and Texas State hand-in-hand, hand, like, maybe this is something we're going to start to see. Maybe not teams actively overhauling their rosters, but we just don't know when you bring in that much different talent what that's going to look like. College football in week one is always so fascinating because I think every single coach is nervous about what, what is my team going to be? How are they going to show up in week one? Obviously, in the NFL, you get the benefit of preseason games. I know you can do some inter-squad scrimmages in college football, but that doesn't really tell you who you are versus someone else. So for the Buffs to show up as they did versus, say, Ohio State, who's predicted to be in the playoff, they only put up 21 points. Mm -hmm. And their offense struggled with not a new coaches with not a whole ton of new players versus CU who exploded with new coaches and new players. I think we are entering at, at a new age in football where some of the previous uh, installed limitations on on-the-field work and all those things are creating a more of a level playing field. And it's about the coaches who can best take advantage of the limited amount of work you get with these kids versus uh, what used to exist uh, 10 or 15 years ago. Chad, I want to ask you about a game you covered last week because we'll be talking about these two teams throughout the course of the season. What did you look at and think of with Florida? Is this a 500 team, maybe barely bowl eligible? They can get better. And then Utah, without Cam rising, uh, how far can they go in Pac-12 play? And with rising in the lineup, are they a threat to three-peat in the league? Uh, I think to go to Utah first, I think they still are a threat to repeat as the Pac-12 champions. Uh, without Cam rising, they still played great defense. They still ran the ball. They still were the cleaner playing football team by far over what uh, Florida brought. In Florida, last year they were ranked 99th against the run defensively. They played the run much better against a Utah team that runs the ball really well typically. Um, but offensively, they couldn't get any rhythm going until probably halfway through the third quarter. Um, so is that a week one thing? Or is that what they're going to be like all season long? It's, again, it's, it's impossible to know what a team is before week one. And then I think for your ability to diagnose who a team actually is after week one is also pretty difficult. All right, so let's, let's build on that then. Is it then safe to assume that even despite Nebraska looking awful, that they could be better against Colorado this weekend? Uh, I've always said you make your biggest improvement uh, from a player perspective from year one to year two. Uh, and I think there are going to be a significant percentage of teams coming up into week two of the college football season. They're going to make a massive leap. Coaches got a chance to see who they are on the field. Coaches have a chance to make some adjustments. I think every coach comes in to week one, uh, either offensively or defensively as a play caller and thinks they know what they want to do, but what you want to do and what your team can do are so often very different things. So I would expect a, higher-performing Nebraska team to show up if I were Coach Prime. And then also on the other side of that, you know, the Buffs come out that thing 
super high emotions, feeling so great about themselves. You don't want to break your arm patting yourself on your back. It is only week one. And so for those players who have, you know, played the doubt card for so long, how long can they keep that chip on their shoulder? That's probably not actually even a chip there because everyone knows they're talented. We just were uncertain as to how quickly they would be uh, as they showed last week against TCU. Chad, we have about 30 seconds. Are there things from the Colorado defense you saw on Saturday that can slowly improve that gives them hope coming up as they move forward? Uh, there were some tackling issues. Uh, I think there were some assignment issues that will be cleaned up. But that defense wasn't great. Let's face facts. They gave up a ton of yards. Um, they gave up a ton of yards rushing. I'm sure Nebraska and Matt Rule are looking at that and how to exploit that. So they've got to find a way to be better gap sound. And they have to tackle better, particularly on the second and third level. Chad, we appreciate some time, man. Have a good call. Uh, do great work on the uh, radio over the weekends. Thank you, dude. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. Chad Brown, Compass Media, ESPN Radio as well. Uh, it is a day of breaking news. We'll build on this throughout the show. Mike Pong's going to join us here on the other side. But Terry McLaurin dealing with turf toe. Uh, question for week one. Told the media, quote, that's my plan in terms of playing for week one. So we'll see if that is actually going to come to fruition. We'll take our break here. We come back. Second hour of Sharp Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, live from the D Las Vegas. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Second hour of the program, it's Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Patrick Maher today. And look who shows up. We got him for the next 30 minutes. Mike Palm, you see him all over the place. Host of Live at Saturday on Lombardi Lines on Fridays. Yes, there we go. See, I memorized it all. What's up, man? Fridays, yes. Welcome to Bar Canada. Welcome. I know you guys have, have come here as civilians many times in the past to enjoy watching and betting the games. And welcome for this being your home and for filling in for, uh, for PM this week. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to have JVT on with us. But I'll tell you what, the name is kind of inappropriate. Bar Canada, it's hot as hell here. <laughs> so, well, we're going to work on it. Maybe these lights can be adjusted. Maybe there, there's not as much heat here. Maybe we can get another air handler over in this section. Saturday afternoon with Ben Wilson was pretty pretty toasty up here. I think I lost about eight and a half pounds. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> i got to tell you. Uh, Playing goalie, huh? I've been here as a civilian, you're right, but I had never. I'm going to give him a pop for a third straight day. I had never had a bad blue before I did the shows here. Yeah. Oh, bro, that is a good beer. It's a terrific beer. Uh, there's a wide variety of beers here as well. Mitch likes this Italian beer that they have up here when he comes. I, I, the name of it offhand. I, Not I, Stella, is it? No, no, no. Oh, okay. it's, it's some Italian beer. This Cronenberg uh, I've been introduced to up here. I don't, have you ever had it? Cronenberg, very good as well. So there's a good variety of beers up here. And it's actually, if you want to hear the games, and Amal can attest to this, if you want to hear the games, it's the best place at our property to be. You know, the sports book is very, very loud. and there's. But if you want to hear the play-by-play, -play, the you know, the main game, a lot of people choose here, like for March Madness, mm -hmm. over the ballroom just because they can hear the sound more clear. Test that out tomorrow. Can't wait. Looking forward to that. We're going to watch the KC game here. I'll tell you what, I just remembered. When the three of us last time we got together here at the D at the ballroom, we were watching March Madness. It was John Morant and Murray State taking on Florida, Florida State. State. Oh, yeah, and I remember, yeah, I remember. And I remember these five dolts came yeah. in at Beth Florida, Beth Murray State. And I said to Mike, I should go put another money. I should go put more money on Florida State. I already unloaded the clip on the unloaded the clip on them. Wow. I was like, I remember those those guys, they were down 25 about 10 minutes into the game. Unlocked the memory. I was on Murray State in that one too. And it was one of those where you hear somebody cheering so you kind of get more aggressive <laughs> with your cheering because you're like come on let's go i told mike i said don't worry about it i said this guy i said i like jvt but he's on the dead wrong side here <laughs> <laughs> who knew jaw was packing back then <laughs> <laughs> uh pretty high probability uh all right so let's talk about the uh, contest first How, how's it shaping up i know that the overlay for was it uh survivor has been getting closer and closer yeah uh, so these are the numbers as of one o'clock just a few minutes ago pacific time um Survivor up to 74.52. I mean, there's an outside yeah. shot. We hit the 8,000 tomorrow yeah. on Thursday. I don't think we can get there in the millions. I mean, we were 1,400 short last year, the 6 million. We came back with the same guarantee. We're at 42.68. I think we'd be lucky to get to 5,500. Here's the breakdown today. There's been 322 between all our Nevada properties today, 229 survivors, 93 in the millions of all. There's one right there? Well, I'm yes, gonna, sir. I'm going to cut into your number here shortly. Uh, I think you're going to get millions. There. You're going to do some millions or some survivors. Going to do both. 
What's your what's your breakdown? You did the full house, 15, 10, and 5 of them all? No, here's the funny thing on Survivor. I don't really understand why people do a ton of entries like beyond a couple to a few because after a while you start to have carnage. Remember one thing, you've got to make 20 picks in Survivor throughout the entirety of the season. So you are actually utilizing 63% of the teams. You don't want to be in a situation where, okay, if you use Team A here and then all of a sudden another time, you're almost guaranteeing that certain entries are going to be going by the wayside. Somebody asked me that question. They said, isn't five or six really the optimal number of plays and not ten? Yes, absolutely. The They're correct. Um, I, I can see arguments both ways. You know, I did my panel, the preview panel up here a couple Saturdays ago with uh, Wes Reynolds, um, Mike Somich, Dr. Eric Eager, and then Dylan Sullivan, who's our chief NFL market maker here at Circus Sports. And the audience provided a lot of the questions. There were a lot of survivor-based questions, and they asked them to rank the importance of criteria when they make a survivor selection. And they threw in home team, and they threw in divisional as part of it. The panel, to a man, said it's more important to choose non-divisional games than to choose home teams. I know you try to do both of them all. Stay away from road teams and stay away from divisional games. Yeah, absolutely. Division opponents have a lot more familiarity. On the road, we see teams. You look at every sport. Look at baseball, perfect example, JVT. You see the pricing of a team at home compared to on the road. Right. Completely different. And... I think the value is still there, even though the home field advantage is, JBT, you alluded to earlier in the show, you thought about a 1.8 points uh, in terms of home field advantage. To me, it still has some value there in terms of it, but got another strategy that I employ, and it's it's an important one for me in terms of how I do it. not going to share it, but uh, the reality of it is, no, I, listen, here's the thing. Here? Oh, we got $8 million at stake. If you want to give me $8 million, I'm willing to share everything with you. Um, if oh, I it, that's if I, what your salary was. I, I assume that you'd be fine. Dude, you'd be lucky if I get eight <laughs> shekels. <laughs> I mean, uh, the bottom line is, look, the key, people are talking, like, let's use week one, for example, guys. Mm -hmm. I know I'm putting you on the spot, JBT. I don't know how much you've thought about it. But if you look at week one, Mike, who would you pick and who would you pick? Here's the problem. I, I said this six weeks ago that I thought the commanders would be number one. a chic pick. But I, yep. I, now they're going to be like more than 50% of the entries, oh. I think. And it's just a point where... I don't know if you want to be at least you don't want all your entries to right. be the to be the the consensus pick, right? I just see when are you also you going to use them and this should be the Daniel Snyder lift game. That crowd should be finally a partisan crowd. This is a team they should pummel. We've seen what's going on in Arizona, mm -hmm. right? Um, I don't think people will use Baltimore because I think you want to save Baltimore. Maybe some people will go in on the Vikings, maybe they're going to split their entries between Commanders and Vikings. I think that's the most probable a ratio that you'll get. My, my thought was at the top of the list was Minnesota and then Baltimore. Those are the top two. For you me. wouldn't consider doing the Commanders. No, I, I, I'm not big on Hal. I think there is a very there's a much larger probability than people expect that Hal goes out there lays an egg, and you're talking about like a one possession game that you've got to sweat out for the Commanders. I, I agree with this assertion on Washington. However, with that being said, I will take Washington in Week One. Will you throw all of your picks behind one team in Week One? Absolutely. I'm not worried about that. You, are you going to try to get through four or five weeks? Four with, or five weeks. Call me in week 12. Are you going to try to get to Thanksgiving? But you're going to split your picks at some point before Thanksgiving, I would. Probably I would not. No, no, you don't think no, so? No, I, listen, I don't understand this notion that you're going to split them up. What is the point of trying to have just, oh, great, I got one entry to week 12? I want to try and have as many as I can. So that way when you wind up in those weeks like the Chargers versus the Dolphins, which I think is a complete coin toss game, you could go either way. You know, the argument as well is so many people are on the commanders that they lose. But here's the problem. You don't win the contest if the commanders lose. You just eliminate a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Part of the problem is I think people look at too much that they're playing against other people. You are not. You are facing yourself in the schedule. That's more important than what other people are doing. It makes sense. I would also say one of the teams that I would strongly consider before the injury to Kelsey was Kansas City. I'm not really big on the Detroit Lions. I think there's a lot more volatility there because the total and there's a chance without Jones. That's something there. But the Chiefs were not near the top, but they were one of the ones under consideration. I like that pick. I don't think a lot of people are going to take the Chiefs. Right. Uh, but I agree. You know, there's the angle you can re-enter if you blow the right. pick, right? Well, And I would, I would assume, by the way, going back to the numbers, yeah. you're probably going to get up to 8,000 on the people who buy back in after yeah. Thursday night, right? That's now, we only had 36 last year that did that. Okay. That, you know, that made a pick that made, I think there was like 90 and 36 of them had the Rams and then bought yeah. back in, right? It's actually not a bad call <laughs> by you. Here's what you really should do. Uh, do we have the money line price up on Detroit here in this game? Give it to you in a sec. Yeah, and what you do is, and you could lose in, in case of a tie, 
But what are the odds of a tie occurring? You take we used to put that prop up. Will there be a tie at the end of Survivor? Plus, plus the greatest thing that ever happened. Yeah, plus, okay, plus 180, <laughs> plus 190, depending on where you get the number. You bet $525 on the other side. You cover the entry cost if the Lions win the game. Right? Then you can yeah. come back and re-enter. It's actually a free play in essence, but the only thing is now you don't have the Kansas City Chiefs available, which is a team you're probably going to want to have as the season progresses. Makes sense. Look at you. You're smart. I tell you one thing. I don't listen. We have great and intelligent people at our network, but when it comes to hedging, I will put all my ducks on Mike Palm and I. Nobody, nobody hedges more than Mike and I. Monetizing. Monetizing. No, I, try, hey, I try to say my hedge is a dirty word in this sure. business. Oh God, it, they, they, it, it does so. I mean, we've hey, been attacked. I can tell you this: the guy who owns the Mets, his guy got busted for insider trading for hedging on a on a on a stock where they were not going to get FDA approval on a drug. And that's why the guy ended up doing seven years. I was on with Mitch and Paul a couple weeks ago, and Brad, or I was filling in for Mitch, and Brad Powers was the guest uh, a couple Thursdays ago. We were talking about Hawaii, sure. Stanford, and he had he had gotten Hawaii plus 10 or 10 and whatever the number was. Yep. And at the time, it was three and a half. And he says, you know, if this number gets to three, Stanford's the correct play. So the question was, well, if it gets to three, what portion of the bet that you made on Hawaii at 10 are you going to make on Stanford? He said, I don't think I'm going to make any because I'm, I'm so happy with the seven, seven points of closing line value. But if that's the proper bet to make, I'll take that middle surrounding three key numbers all the time. That's just my philosophy, right? Well, no, hold on a second. It contradicts what everybody says on this network. Everyone goes closing line value. Well, if there's so much closing line value at seven, then why would you not? Go, let's say for simple math, you put $110 on Hawaii, and then you put 110 on Stanford. So in essence, you're betting $10 to win 200 mm -hmm. That would be the prudent play every day of the week and twice on Sundays. 20 to 1 on 3 through 10. On 3 through 10, <laughs> if you're telling me that the odds makers are so perfect at what they do. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, I think the closing line value discussion is – over the large sample, we know how that sure, goes. But sure. When it comes to that unique scenario, but it would make a lot more sense. It to actually got to two and a half. Right. That's well, that's amazing. the other part. <laughs> I mean, once you get to two and a half, I, I think if you're in somebody like Brad's position, there's no way you pass up not laying two and a half. But and by the way, I, I really respect. I mean, sure. yeah. I might respect no, no, him more than anybody on college oh, he's football. He's tremendous. Yeah. He's absolutely <laughs> tremendous. But Johnny Abello and I have talked about this. There's a fear factor with people in terms of a line move, particularly in college football, that is completely unnecessary. You know, we recently are talking about before we came on the air right now, we're talking about the Florida State LSU game, the game getting to three. And so my question to everybody always is, are you betting this game with the idea that Florida State's going to lose by one or two and you're hoping for the push on three? Right. I mean, like, if you're that concerned about this matchup, then don't bet the game. The general thought would be if you're betting an underdog, you expect them to win at a higher probability. Yeah, than you, you would have looked at the money line. I mean, you were convinced Florida State was going to win the game. You I didn't worry about the point spread. D Dustin, I said to Dustin, I yeah. said the wrong team is favored. I said Florida State's going 12-0. and they all looked at me like I was crazy. I said, the Seminoles have got, they had 94% production back. Our prop bets, I said, Florida State on their alternate win total, I, they're going to win the ACC. They're the best team in that conference. I've said it all summer long. When you look at returning production in college football, they were number one at 94%. I'm also going to stay here. Calm down. Take a break. All right. Just get fired up with college right. football. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll hit the week one schedule as well, of course, because we do have an injury that has made the market go a little haywire. Mike's going to stick around as well. Sharp Money here in VSIN. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year 
equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. DraftKings rolling out happy hour bet boosts each day this week. Today's happy hour superstar super boost hot off the presses is Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson to record 50-plus receiving yards in week one, boosted from minus 250 to plus 100. And to DraftKings now to take advantage of today's happy hour boost available until 9 p.m. Eastern time. All right, final hour of Sharp Money. It's Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Patrick Maher. Amal Shah, Dustin Swedelson are here, so let's talk a little more college football. Nick Aliotti is nice enough to give us some time. Pac-12 network analyst, longtime Oregon, D.C. as well. Nick, we appreciate it. So uh, let's just start, of course, uh, exactly where everybody is in the Pac-12. Colorado goes on the road, gets a big win over TCU, now comes back to play host to Nebraska. Uh, I want to pick your defensive coordinator brain what did you see from Colorado's defense? Because that's my big hang-up is uh, TCU, I didn't think they got great quarterback play, still put up quite a bit of offensive production. What did you see from Colorado's defense? Well, not much, really. <laughs> not much at all. And, and I, I think that TCU made a uh, huge mistake. They were averaging, I believe, 7.1 yards a carry yep. and uh, should have kept pounding the ball. Uh, obviously... Let me let me digress a little bit. Colorado was extremely impressive, particularly a team coming out under a new coach on that first drive and going down and scoring. That was fantastic. But the jury's still out, obviously, on Colorado and and Colorado's defense also. But uh, TCU, I think, uh, you know, they put up 42 points and lose. You shouldn't lose a game scoring 42 points, but. Uh, my hat's off to Colorado, but the jury's way out on Colorado's defense. Coach, let's take a look around the league. USC's offense looks like it's going to be elite, but can Alex Grinch and this defense be good enough when you play Penix, Cam Rising, Bo Nix, and some of these other teams, and including uh, DJ Uyunglele at Oregon State? Great question. I think that offensively, you look at USC guys, and, and they're going to put up 40 points a game, it looks like, uh, no problem. But those teams that they that you mentioned and that they play down the road have that kind of offense also to put up those kinds of points. Uh, you know, the first two weeks, USC really wasn't challenged. I didn't think they looked great against San Jose State. Uh, didn't get a chance to see a lot of the Reno game. Uh, I'll go back the Nevada game. I'll go back and look at that. But uh, they really haven't been challenged yet. But defensively, uh, they're going to need to take a, a big step, in my mind, from last year. And, and in the first game, I will say this. I thought not only was the defensive line not stout, but I thought USC's offensive line gave up way too much pressure in that first game. They didn't look great to me either. So uh, that could be an issue moving forward because they don't want Caleb getting hit too many times. If we focus on USC's defense really quickly, when you watch it, do you think it's – and even go back to last year, is it a scheme thing? Is it an athlete thing? Like, what do you think the overall flaws are? Well, everybody always wants to go to the athlete thing. They have enough good athletes. Right. What it is, in my opinion, men – is they're too gimmicky. I haven't studied them this year yet, but last year they were too gimmicky. Too many things, 
too many defenses, too many line movement instead of just lining up and playing your gap and letting guys know where they fit. And to me, that was their downfall. Just had too much in their defensive package. And when you have too much, you can't practice too much. And, and your guys can't play as fast. When you have less with great athletes or better athletes than most people you, you line up against, just be sound, be simple, make sure they got that so they could play fast and end up playing plays instead of trying to out-scheme people. So uh, I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen enough of USC's defense this year to be that critical. But last year, without a question, way too, way too gimmicky. I love that breakdown. Kind of staying on that theme a little bit. When you are facing a team like we saw Oregon take on uh, Portland State over the weekend, destroyed them, from a defensive coaching standpoint or even from an offensive coordinator standpoint, are you just minimizing in certain matchups where you know you're going to probably win comfortably, you're just better than the other team in terms of what you're potentially putting on tape for future opponents because you know you can just roll the ball out there and you're going to win those games? Well, I think the very first game, yes. Uh, I think the very first game, you know, there's a lot of unknowns. And, and when, you're, when you outmatch a team, I don't think Oregon did anything that showed too much. They just basically ran their base offense. And I remember in our first game, even when it was a tough opponent, we just practiced and do what we did all, all fall and all spring ball because you don't know what you're going to see. And oftentimes what you do see on tape, guys, really changes. So you have to get that feel calling a game from the press box. At least the good ones do after watching what they're trying to do, how they're trying to attack you, what you need to change up or what you want to stay with with your defensive calls to combat what they're, what they're trying to do. But I think, yeah, I think, I think in a game like that, Oregon was very simple, very vanilla, but wanted to showcase Bo Nix, Franklin, and their running backs. Nick Aliotti with us, longtime Oregon defense coordinator, analyst for the Pac-12 Network. All right, let's, so let's let's take a, a big view of this uh, conference as a whole. You know, I, I was kind of, we were talking about this the other day, which is I think, Nick, this conference is going to be very good. There's a lot of good quarterbacks. There's a lot of good teams. But is there a chance this league kind of cannibalizes itself because they're so good and they miss out on a berth in the college football playoff despite having teams that could be worthy to do it? Absolutely. Uh, when they go to 12 teams, if this conference was this year, which it's not, we know moving forward it's, yeah, a lot of unknowns, but it looks like it's it's gone. But we won't go there. If it was next year, there's seven, eight really good teams in this league. And that is a very, very big issue. You better bring your A game every weekend because, you know, nobody's a cupcake, but there's probably – and I'm not going to name teams. There's probably about four teams that you play, five maybe, that those top of the upper echelon teams in our league, which I think are six or seven of them, are going to win. But then you're going to play weekend and we got, you know, let's say, it's, let's just take Utah. They're going to play SC. They're going to play UCLA. I don't know who they missed this year, but they might play Oregon or Washington because I don't have the schedule in front of me. They might play Oregon State. Those are those are, those are tough games, and conversely, the teams I just mentioned have to play Utah. This is one example. So, you really have to be good. You really have to have some luck, and you really have to be on your A game. And hopefully, you don't lose more than two games because the type of schedule this year, a two-game loss, two-game championship, you go 11 and two depending on what happens above you, you'd have a chance. But cannibalism is a real thing in this league uh, this year. Co Coach, great point by you. When you look at the top three teams at the near the top of this league, Utah, USC, and Washington, Oregon, you know the program very, very well. They were horrific against the pass last year. Can they improve enough to be able to slow down and allow Bo Nix and the offense to be able to do things? Because Penix, Caleb Williams, and Cam Rising – I don't know if there's a worse trio you got to face in any conference in college football. No, you're exactly right. And then DJ, as we mentioned, is yep. going to be tough. And Dante Moore, if they play UCLA, and I don't think they do. Uh, 
would be a tough out. Uh, you know, Oregon's a very good football team. They're one of the teams, I think, that has a chance. They're very good. I'm not a homer. I'm a realist. They're a good team. They were bad last year in the secondary. But I noticed when they played Portland State, it was five new starters with returning guys in the secondary. So they've upgraded there, or at least in their mind they have. Uh, I think Oregon will be in every game and has a chance to win this championship this year. Uh, Really, I need to see some of these guys play against somebody that's better, and that's going to happen this weekend. There's a lot better games going on this weekend, and so I'm going to have a better idea uh, what these teams are all about. Is there a better athlete in the country than the Oregon Duck with how many push-ups he had to put out there? <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't do true push-ups. It's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, we'll, we'll get you out of here. Uh, last minute on this, uh, you know, Amal mentioned Oregon State. I've been kind of high because I think DJU was given a short end of the stick in that uh, that scheme that he was offensively at Clemson. Did you see any of him uh, against San Jose State? What would you make of his play? I thought he played very well. And I think he's in the right offense because Jonathan Smith's going to put the the quarterback under center sometimes, line up with two backs, and they run the ball very well. Oregon State has thrived the last two years, and particularly last year, on running the ball, play-action pass, playing good defense. They don't need D.J. to win the game. Now, it's nice when he can, and I think he can. But they need DJ to manage the game and not turn the ball over because they have a great offensive line, very good running backs. Jonathan Smith, I think, is a tremendous uh, – he's not the coordinator, but a tremendous offensive mind and does a nice job with that offense, him and Lindgren. And I think that they will just continue to tell DJ, throw it away, take a sack, just don't screw it up. And if he does that, he's going to have a good year. And I thought he looked very good against San Jose State. Nick Aliotti, Pac-12 Network Analyst. Good to talk to you, sir. Thank you very much. Anytime, guys. I enjoy it. You guys have a great day. You Thank too. you, you too. It. Every time somebody says anytime, I want to try it. Like, call him tonight. Be like, <laughs> Nick, what's going on, man? I'm just, I'm just sitting at home. i got nothing going on. All right, we'll come back. We're going to talk about adding wins at the margins. We'll tell you what we mean here on Sharp Money. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.